Hello, welcome to the Stephen Opera Podcast, a podcast that explores the life of God and the revelation of His grace and love. Do well to share this with someone and enjoy this episode. It's always a good day to be alive. Thank you. All believers have rights. We have been translated from the power of darkness into a new kingdom. And this new family confers on us new rights. We now have new privileges. You know, many times believers are not so conscious of their rights in Christ. You know, they do not esteem their new privilege in this new kingdom and this is core to the exploration you are to do as a believer after knowing who you are in Christ the next thing is to know what you possess in Christ what you have been given in organizations every new position confers on the member of staff new privileges and rights some persons are entitled to more than others the same way the bible says you are seated with christ in heavenly places so where you are is the highest position there is Your ability to reign in life is connected to how much you can be conscious of your position in Christ. And how you wield your rights also concerns how you discern your new position. That's why it's important that you see that you are righteous, you are forgiven, you are loved, you are holy, you are justified. If the devil can succeed in altering your perception of yourself, it is and it will in turn affect your perception of your rights. And that's what what has happened, you know, and is happening to many, or maybe even happening to you that is listening. You see, there was a man in 2 Samuel chapter 9 that David, you know, the Bible says David asked if there was anyone left in the house of Saul whom he can show kindness, you know, for Jonathan's sake. And, you know, he sent one servant to go get a man. And the servant said, there is still one, still a son of Jonathan, and he is crippled in both feet. You know, they went to get him. His name was Mephibosheth, a son of Jonathan. And when this man came to David, you know, the man was all trembling and You know, David told the man, don't be afraid. You know, just relax. I want to show kindness to you. And look at what the man said in verse 8. He says, and he bowed down his head and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Imagine that. This is how many see themselves. Imagine one that is of a kingly lineage calling himself a dead dog see you know you might be quick to spite this guy but this is the exact same picture and vocabulary 
of many blood-bought believers. Many call themselves different names. Some call themselves a wretched sinner saved by grace. You are not a wretched sinner. You were, but you are a new creature in Christ. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. It is not he was a wretched sinner saved by grace. He says he is a new creation. So it is not humility to define yourself by the old life. Doing this is making you sustain a consciousness of an undeserved man. Of an undeserved man. Yes, grace is for the undeserving, but if this is where your definition ends, you will beg for what is yours and not get it. Grace is for the undeserving, but the same grace makes you deserve it. So because you were undeserving of his love, that is why he loved you and he has brought you to the place where you can consistently boast of his love and righteousness and not yours, even when you stand before situations in life. So grace is for the undeserving and grace makes you deserving. So hey, so a portion to you are the rights and privileges in this kingdom and you are to keep steady consciousness of all you have received in Christ Jesus. The Bible says number one, you have received or you have peace with God. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. You know, in the previous episode of this series, I said, You are justified. You know, what you have, what you are, you are justified. So it says, Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's very clear and so peace is not just a good feeling that comes when you take a cold water or when you are in a quiet place no peace is a substance that is experienced and we have received peace is tangible peace is substantial it says that peace is the word shalom shalom peace tranquility prosperity sound health it is substantial we have it he doesn't leave. He has made a covenant of peace with you and it is your right. So I want you to say after me, I have peace with God. God is not angry with me. In the midst of the storms, I have peace. In the midst of lack, I prosper. So you have peace. You have peace. You know, the second thing I want to say here quickly is in verse 2, it says, by whom we also have access. We have access. You know, access here means that you can come before the Father. And access means you can hear God. God speaks to you. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice means they can hear me talk to them. So God can talk to you. You have access. You have access to the words of God. You have access to the leadings of the Spirit. It is your right. 
I was speaking to a, a young man, you know, um, yesterday I was speaking to a young man and I was ministering to him and this young man was telling me that he just want to hear God, he want to hear God. I said, see, are you born again? He said, yes. I said, are you, are you born again? He said, yes. I said, then God talks to you. God talks to you. I asked him, I said, do you call, do you pray to your earthly father to talk to you? He said, no. So the same thing. Are you going to think your, are you thinking your earthly father is better than God? And that's just it. If your earthly father is not better than God and you do not pray to your earthly father to talk to you, then the same thing. God will talk to you. God talks to you. Your earthly father will just call you. Hey, come here, young man, and begin to talk to you. The same thing. God talks to you. So do not limit prayer to just communicating and hearing God. Prayer is more. Yes, in prayer, we communicate to God. We hear God. But prayer is more than that. The Bible says Jesus gave his disciples a pattern of prayer. You know, it says, as you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So prayer is first a place where we reverence God, where we adore him, where we magnify him. It says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is a platform also where we translate heavenly desires, heavenly um, kingdom desires that are in heaven to the earth. You know, prayer is a vehicle of transporting the desires of God in heaven down to the earth. So it is not limited to um, just only communicating and receiving information. Yes, in prayer, we hear God. But see, if you limit your hearing God to only when you are praying, that is another cheating you've added to yourself. That is a way of cheating yourself. So you will feel like God cannot talk to you if you are not praying. You will feel like God cannot talk to you if you are watching a movie. You feel like God cannot talk to you if you are, maybe you went out with your friends. Hey, God speaks to his children. He does. And this is the reason why many people don't, they they, they, they find it so stressful. You know, if you ask them, have you heard God about this thing? They'll be like, oh man, I've not heard God do. And it looks like hearing God is, is a marathon. It looks like hearing God is difficult. No, you don't need five years to hear God. You don't need it. You don't need four months to hear God. You don't need two years to hear God. You know, you tell some people, oh, have you prayed about this? Have you prayed about this? They say, man, I don't have time for that thing right now. When I'm ready, when I'm ready, what is when you are ready? If your heart wants to hear God, you will hear God. You will hear God. So, hey, believer, God speaks to you. God speaks to you. God can talk to you about your children. God can talk to you about your brother. See, I've had, I, I experienced the, the, the leadings of God every time it is your right it is my right it is your right so open your heart and know that the words of god the leadings of the spirit the voice of god is your right you have access to the voice of god you can hear god you can hear god and you know this thing that makes people feel like okay i want to hear an audible voice if you are waiting for an audible voice you might wait forever you might wait forever the ministration, the nudgings of the spirit inside of you is loud enough to lead you. The Bible says Jesus knew what to do. He knew what to do. So those things, those ministrations, those nudgings is the leading of the spirit. 
it's the leading of the spirit so if you disobey those nudgings it might cost you a lot and a lot of time in fact disobeying those nudgings for some has costed them their lives you know so you should pay attention to the to the leadings of god pay attention to the voice of god and know it is your right to hear god you can hear god at any time you can hear god while going out you can hear god while walking you can hear god while jogging you can hear god you know even cooking you can hear god even dancing you can hear god you can hear god even in a conversation you can hear god clearly it is your right it is your right the third thing that you have received is the forgiveness of sins the forgiveness of sins the bible says in ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 it says in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace so you your sins were not only forgiven it was given to you in the package of redemption Listen to what I just said. Your sins were not only forgiven, it was given to you as a package. So you have received the forgiveness of sins. And you did not receive the package so you can keep confessing your sins per seconds, per seconds. No. Many would say, I have to confess my sins always. Oh, I don't know when Jesus would come. So instead of being relevant on earth, you see, you, you see these people, instead of winning souls and doing great things in the systems that they represent, they live perpetually conscious of known sins, unknown sins, omitted sins, committed sins, and all kinds of, you know, vocabularies, categories, and classifications that they give to these sins, <laughs> just to make themselves feel good or feel emotional. And that's what the devil wants. He knows the only way to keep you perpetually committing the same sin or perpetually in guilt and condemnation or even handicapped and afraid in the face of big opportunities is to keep you perpetually confessing sins. Yes, that is the tactics of the devil. And he uses the spirit of religion so you can never just see yourself above it. You see yourself coasting around sin consciousness and you wonder why you cannot pray for the sick, you cannot raise the dead, you cannot think of being favored as your right, you cannot step out to do great things. That is the reason, that is the cause. Now, am I saying confessing sin is bad? No, I'm saying that what was given to you was not the gift of confessing of confession of sins, rather forgiveness of sins. I'm going to say it again. What was given to you as a believer was not the gift of confession of sin, but rather the the forgiveness of sins. So you received a package, not a ritual. You received a package and not a ritual. Let me explain John 1 verse 9 because I know many people are going to say, okay, what about John 1 verse 9? The Bible says in John 1 verse 9, but I'm going to read starting from verse 8. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Then verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see here it is clear, the apostle was speaking to a group of persons called the Gnostics. You see the Gnostics, these guys believed that there is no sin. 
There is no sin. So therefore, there, there was no need for a savior. And that was wrong. That is wrong. It is not that we are saying that there is no sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned. So there is sin. There is sin. So the apostle here was writing to them, telling them that, no, if we can acknowledge that we have sinned, if you can acknowledge that there is sin, then he is faithful and just to forgive you. Look at verse 8. It says, if we say we have no sin. You see, the reason why a lot of people stay in bondage is because they don't study the Bible. They don't pay attention to the words of the scriptures. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin. Then verse 9 says, if we confess our sins. So if you can say, yes, I know there is a sin, but that is why I need a savior. That is why I need a savior. That is why. And the word there, confess, is the word homologio, to speak the same thing, to agree. So if you agree that yes, there is sin, then you can come for salvation. You can seek for salvation. But this is not the criteria for your forgiveness. Because it is not saying if we keep saying we have sinned, then he keeps forgiving us. God has forgiven you and he has given you the gift of the forgiveness of sins. So it is not confessing and confessing and confessing, you know, that makes you feel good. And look at the next chapter, in chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. It says, my little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. Now, yeah, he was talking to believers. He said, my little children, he says, I write unto you that you sin not. It's not like he's endorsing sin. And I'm not endorsing sin. But listen to what he said. He says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So, after you sin, whether you call it omission, commission, and all the vocabs that people use... After you sin, know that you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The righteous. So, in the court of law, you do not speak when the advocate is there. If you are to speak, then your advocate is useless. The same thing. Many people think that it's in their confession of sins that makes them it makes their sins forgiven. No. Are you trying to say that what Christ has done is useless? And that is pride. If you look down on what Christ has done, that is actually pride. He says in verse 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins. It's not your confession. Your confession is not the propitiation for your sins. Your confession, yes, is important if you want to do it. It is for relationship, relationship. Because your confession helps you. It doesn't help God. But you have received the forgiveness of sins. He says it's a propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. For the sins of the whole world. You know, so when you make mistakes, if it makes you feel good to say sorry, please do that. And you should do that. I do that. But that is for relationship. It's not for what really is your reality. It's not for your reality. So confession helps your mind. It helps your mind. It helps your mind to still be permeable, to still be, you know, malleable rather. You understand? So you have received the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. So confess that your sins are forgiven. It is a package you have, not just a ritual of words. Say after me, I have the forgiveness of sins. 
My sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. God is not counting my sins to my record. My sins are forgiven. It is my right. I'm not stopping for any devil. I'm not stopping for any condemnation. I walk, I run, and I fly. Don't despise this truth. Don't casualize it. Everything the devil makes you despise is the answer to your breakthrough. Everything. He makes you despise this kind of confession is the answer to your breakthrough. He makes you look down on it. He makes you call it cheap. It is the answer to your breakthrough. It is the answer. Remember, I said in my previous episodes, I said the spirit of religion is the worst thing that can happen to any man. It's the worst thing. The devil can allow you emphasize something that sounds more intellectually and emotionally gratifying than this and it will, it will still sound as though it is spiritual but it is not. It can allow you listen to stuff that will make you cry, you know, that will make you feel good, even read books that would appeal to your guilt and then leave you pious. Leave you pious. It just makes you have a form of godliness. But it will make you deny the power thereof. But none of these things have the ability to kill evil desires and even make you reign in life. Look at something in Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 to 6. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first of first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him by glory and dominion forever and ever. Hey, so friends, the forgiveness of sins is your right to reign in life. Now you know why you've just been tied down. Now you know why it looks as if you can't do big things. You can't even conceive it. It is because you are still trying to stay conscious of your sins. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. The third thing which you have received, you've received a lot of things. You are you are connected to a lot of privileges. Your rights are so, so much in Christ. But I, I just want to list this few, or the first thing rather, not the third, the fourth. You have received power. You have received power. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You know, many times we exalt experiences more than the world and we live a limited life even in abundance, even in the midst of abundance. And I'm not saying that experiences are not good, but I'm saying that the word of God is meant to be believed before any experience follows. Yes, in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews says, By faith we understand. Yeah, I call understanding experiences. Those ghost pimples that comes or that rush your emotion, you know, that rush of your emotion that follows, which is not bad in itself because it has its place. But maturity is when you can live by the word of God. You know, Professor Hagen, 
Kenneth Hagen shared in his book about a woman that came to him saying she feels like God is not with her you know she cannot feel God and all of that she's just feeling somehow and he said hey I, I, I have, I've experienced that before and the lady was like wow so what do you what do you do and he said okay watch me do what watch me do what I used to do and all he started doing was he started acknowledging God's presence. He started acknowledging God's power. He said, God is with me. He has, he, he has not left me. Thank you, Father. Thank you because you are with me. Thank you because I have power. Thank you because I can feel your presence. And the next few minutes, he started feeling all those things. And the lady was like, wow, can I do the same thing? She, and Kenneth said, yes. And she did the same thing and she experienced it. You know, so... I said all this to say you have received power you have received power and if you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost you can right now you can right now while listening to me you need the power of the Holy Ghost to do what God has called you to do to live a life as a believer and when it comes on you the path you know there, there is a sign that and an evidence of speaking in tongues there is you suddenly sense utterance sounds trying to come out of you don't wait for it to come out because it will not come out you have to open your mouth and begin to speak in tongues the bible says they began to speak as the spirit gave them utterance you know so right now i am praying for you that you receive you know you you receive the holy ghost as i begin to pray for you you will receive utterance start speaking start speaking and that is it in the name of jesus receive the holy ghost now yes that is it that is it in the name of jesus receive the holy ghost yes that thing that thing you are feeling is the holy ghost that's staring right now right now right now receive the holy ghost yes begin to pray in other tongues there is a nudging inside of you to pray start speaking those words start speaking those words oh glory to god glory to god that is it you have received power so preach the gospel powerfully don't say you are shy because as a believer you are not defined by the types of temperament you have only one temperament fervent in spirit serving the lord so go out you know do great things heal the sick raise the dead cast out devils speak over your business daily speak over your memory don't say i'm just a naturally slow learner no 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 say my memory is blessed i learn hurt things and i bring answers to kings lay hands on your kids and speak over their lives speak power over them speak protection over them you have power thank you for listening do share this episode and ensure you get back you get back with your testimonies if you've been blessed or you got baptized in the spirit ensure you get back with your testimony because someone will be blessed by your testimony have a beautiful day god bless you thank you for listening to the steven opera podcast i believe you have been blessed if you have not received Jesus into your life, kindly repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe you were offered for my sins and was raised for my justification. I confess you as Lord and I receive the life of Christ in Jesus' name. If you said that prayer, 
you are a new man. Commit to growth and be an instrument in God's hand. Do well to share the message of His grace. Kindly subscribe and keep listening. God loves you and I love you.